Hi there, I'm Joe Pavia, and thanks for listening to my podcast, Station to Station. On this episode, that time I was in the media room when Alanis Morissette won her first big music award, Most Promising Female Vocalist at the 1992 Junos, the Canadian Music Awards. Test, 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 check, one, two, check, check. Test, one, one, check, one, one. Coming down in three, two... In 1992, she just went by Alanis, and she recorded music in the pop dance genre. I remember while digitizing the cassette wondering who this Alanis was. The only thing I wrote down on the cassette was Alanis. The only thing I remember about her was that she was excited to be backstage. She smiled the entire time while taking questions from the media and that she had great hair. Now, when you're digitizing cassettes, you have to listen in real time. And I'm listening to her voice, and I thought, wow, that sounds like Alanis Morissette. So I did a cross-reference, and I found an interview on uh, YouTube that she did with Howard Stern, and I thought, oh, wow, that's actually Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. I had no idea. I mean, I had the Jagged Little Pill CD, like millions of others did, but I never actually did any research to see what she did before. But she wasn't the big story that night. There was another one. I was working at CJEZ Radio in Toronto at the time, and a co-worker and I were talking about getting a media pass and going to hang out backstage at the Junos. The big story that year centered around singers Tom Cochran and Brian Adams. Brian Adams had criticized Canadian music content regulations. And ahead of the Junos, there was this rivalry between the two singers because uh, one song was fully Canadian produced and written, etc. And the other song had part Canadian, part American production. So while both songs were recorded by Canadians, only one was considered Canadian content. Tom Cochran was nominated for his song Life is a Highway and Brian Adams, the song Everything I Do, I Do It For You. That was the main story that night and there's a lot of audio that I have. I'll play it for you on another podcast. All right, back to Alanis Morissette. I remember my plan that night was to record the audio of all the Juno winners. I like to record everything because you never know what kind of audio you're going to need or want to use when you get back into the studio and you're producing a feature for the radio station. In this case, um, a lot of the audio that I recorded was heard on CJEZ News Magazine show that actually aired a week later after the Junos happened. The Alanis Media Q&A was the second interview to appear on the cassette that I have which comes complete with feedback and competing audio levels. It's kind of wonky. Have a listen. So how does it feel? I feel very happy right now. I'm overwhelmed. I didn't expect this, and I guess it was a little obvious, but I was quite happy. (laughs) Never again. I'll fake it next time. That is 18-year-old Alanis Morissette, and uh, she took the question from uh, the moderator backstage, a radio host by the name of Steve Warden. One thing I always remember about that night, and about her specifically, when I didn't know she was Alanis Morissette and she was just Alanis, was how excited she was when she came backstage and talked about uh, receiving the award. 
That's compared to all the other artists who won who were like so chill and relaxed after their name was announced. It was a big deal for Alanis Morissette. She's 18 years old, she's a high school student, and she just won a Juno. That year, she was nominated for three Juno Awards, Most Promising Female Vocalist for her debut self-titled album, Alanis, which was released in April 1991, for Single of the Year, Too Hot, from her album, and for Best Dance Recording. She won the first of these. In the other two categories, she lost out to Life is a Highway by Tom Cochran and to Everyone's a Winner, the Chocolate Movement Mix by the group Boot Sauce. And when Alanis won this award, she was still in high school. She was attending Glebe Collegiate Institute in Ottawa, Canada, while making a name for herself in the music industry in the dance pop genre. This was a big win for Morissette at the time, who went on to explain that she was heading into a new musical direction. While she would release a second dance album later that year called Now is the Time, the big change in her career came in 1995 when the album Jagged Little Pill was released. Just want to give you a bit of background about the Junos in case you've never heard of them. So the Junos are the Canadian Music Awards, and the 1992 Juno ceremony was held on Sunday, March 29th at the O'Keeffe Centre in Toronto, Canada. The event was broadcast live on CBC Television in Canada, and actor-comedian Rick Moranis was the master of ceremonies. By my count, 36 awards in total were presented in a range of categories from Canadian Entertainer of the Year to Best Video, 14 of them were televised. Alanis Morissette's award for Most Promising was one of a few presented at a pre-show ceremony seen only by the theatre audience and through closed-circuit television by the others in the theatre lobby and in the media room. So the pre-show ceremony was co-hosted by music VJs Stu Jeffries and Erica M. And I found a short, grainy video of them on YouTube announcing the win by Alanis, but did not locate a video of Morissette's actual acceptance speech. Maybe it's out there somewhere. So after the musicians win, they were escorted to the media room, which was located backstage. The winning artists are introduced, their photographs were taken with their awards, and then they took questions from reporters. So Morissette enters the media room, and I was hanging around near the audio board where my tape machine was hooked up to record the audio of the Juno winners. Besides my microphone and cassette recording machine, I brought with me my camera because I wanted to snap some photos of these musical celebrities. But I didn't snap one of Alanis. I missed the opportunity of snapping a picture of the most promising female vocalist winner, and that's too bad because she had really good hair going on that night. Instead, I was hanging out, as I mentioned, by the soundboard so I could record all the important comments that were made by the winners. So Alanis Morissette wins, she accepts her award, and then she comes into the media room. And there's a few reporters sitting around ready to ask some questions. So the question and answer session between reporters and Morissette lasted just over two minutes. And the audio you're going to hear did not air on the radio station I worked at. Uh, As I mentioned, her music wasn't on the playlist. So you already heard the first question Steve Warden asks, and she comments about how excited she is, and then there's feedback. The rest of the Q&A with reporters picks up after that. And the first reporter to step up and ask a question was Denise Donlan. She was a VJ with Much Music, a Canadian TV channel that played music videos. And she was also, according to the official 1992 Juno Awards program I have, 
one of 10 people to judge in the most promising category. Have a listen. Hey, Alanis. Where are you? Here. Hey, Hi. Okay, so you've got um, your, your Juno for most promising, and that was more in the dance vein. I understand that you're switching that now. You're going to move off in a slightly different direction. Um, I'd like to. Uh, it's not going to say that the next album is going to be incredibly different, but I, I like to think that this career of mine could last a really long time, so it's going to go through some, some changes along the way, but I'd like to go in a different direction, slowly but surely along the way. Denise Donlin with Alanis Morissette. This next question stuck out for me. Not so much the question, but the reporter asking it. Normally what reporters backstage would do is stand up, go to a microphone, and ask a question. This reporter decided to just yell it out from their seat. He was responding to the answer Alanis Morissette had given to Denise Donlin. Have a listen. To reach my full potential as a, as a musician, I guess. I, um, for now, it's going to be um, dance pop oriented but it could go in any direction right now. I don't think there's any real set direction that we've decided upon, but I'm just gonna go with what I feel and, and come up with albums that are coming straight from my heart. So at the time, we'll see, right? The final reporter to ask a question was a reporter by the name of Nick Cruen, who at the time worked with the Hamilton Spectator newspaper. I don't know Nick, and I didn't introduce myself to him that night, but on the two occasions I saw him interview musicians, the guy owned the room. It was evident he knew their music, who they were, had done his research, and came prepared with questions. As a young reporter, it was a great, teachable moment, learnable moment to watch this guy in action. Just a note, there's going to be some silence after Alanis Morissette answers Nick's question. I'll explain. Have a listen. Uh, Alanis, being a, a recording artist, how has that uh, changed your life at the time at high school? And how do you feel that this general wide world will change that? Um, it's changed my life not so much in the hallways at school because they've known that I've been doing this for a really long time. I've been getting a lot of congratulations around the hallways, but um, I think you just lose lose a bit of that privacy, which. That is a brief sample because the interview cuts off. And that's the other thing I remember about that night. There was some problem with the soundboard. Somebody complained about a hum, I think. And while Alanis Morissette was speaking, someone decided to turn off the soundboard. It knocked out Alanis Morissette's mic. But my tape machine must have been powered up on another electrical outlet because it kept rolling. A minute and six seconds of silence was recorded. And then you hear the voice of one of the singers from the band Prairie Oyster, and you hear the voice say, I don't know what it is about country music. I mean, Garth Brooks uh, winning in the category tonight was... Yeah, I don't know if Garth Brooks understands that phenomenon, for that matter, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not qualified. I remember thinking at the time, I thought it was odd that while a person was speaking giving a mini-news conference that uh, someone would decide to turn off the soundboard and reset it. Years later, as I'm analyzing the whole thing, I found it totally ironic. Isn't it ironic, don't you think? Yeah, I went there. And you ought to know that 
If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google, you ought to know, and isn't it ironic, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So I analyzed and found the humor that a young woman who would become one of the most famous Canadian singers had her first news conference cut short because someone reset the soundboard. What a great Canadian heritage moment. Now, flash forward a few years, when Alanis Morissette returns to the Junos. The mics were not cut off. The soundboard's not reset. Alanis Morissette would return to the Junos in 1996, and her album Jagged Little Pill won for Album of the Year, Rock Album of the Year, Morissette won for Female Vocalist of the Year, and Songwriter of the Year, and the song You Oughta Know won Single of the Year. Morissette would be back again at the Junos in March 2015 when she was inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Station to Station. The podcast revisits old radio interviews and news stories I was assigned to. You can find the blog of this podcast, along with photos and other stories, on my website, joepavia.com. I've posted podcasts to SoundCloud and iTunes. It appears on other platforms as well. The interview is also posted to my website, joepavia.com. And on my website, you can also sign up to have uh, new stories and audio emailed to your inbox as soon as I post them. Thanks again for listening. See you on the next podcast.